welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. What will church look like beyond 2020? And uh, for, for us to be able to do that, you know, imagine what the church will look like five years from now. What will that be? 2024. That's, um, that's interesting to think about. What about in 10 years from now, 2029? Let's just stretch a little bit further. What will the church look like in 2034? 15 years from now. Some of your faces are just classic to think about. Absolutely amazing. I think it should be exciting, but there's a lot of unknown between now and then. There's one thing for sure. There's many people on the planet today trying to tell us what it will look like, but I don't think anyone can. Because you know why we have to be the kind of people that are pliable and flexible? Because there's one thing for sure that is constant in life and that is change. To bring your mind into that space, let me roll back, back the clock 10 years. For some of you, you might need to go 15, but who would have imagined 10 years ago that the global Western church would look like it does today? You can now listen to any church's Sunday message or teaching from around the globe, either live or within 24 hours of it happening from your mobile phone. Followers of Christ now attend on average once to twice a month to church because of their busy lifestyles and commitment to family. Like we didn't have busy lifestyles and commitment to family 25 years ago. I remember going to church. I mean, I'm just sitting here going, golly, we're going to try and do church in like 60 minutes tonight. How will we do that? I can remember going to church where the pastor didn't believe the presence of God fell until you'd praised, worship, shouted, spat, rolled around on the floor for at least one hour. Newsflash, he was there in the first three minutes that we started to praise. I can remember going to church services that took three and a half hours. Any of those crazies around with me? Can you remember those days? And we were like excited when it went on for four hours. <laughs> O-M-G. And no kids church. <laughs> Followers of Christ now believe a commitment is attending church once to twice a month. You guys are rock stars. You come to church morning and night, most of you. Whilst at least 10% of the body of Christ possess the gift of evangelism, less than 2% of the body engage in effective evangelism today. Giving to your local church has never been easier in history with online FPOS credit card and text to give options available. But globally, giving is down 15% across the world and attendance is down 12%. Thankfully, our church has continued to move above those kind of trends in those areas. But it's here that I issue a caution to all of us. And it comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. This is what it says. Of course, 
we wouldn't dare to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with those who rate themselves so highly. They compare themselves to one another and make up their own standards to measure themselves by, and then they judge themselves by their own standards. What self-delusion? The Apostle Paul talking about ministers of his day. I think we could fall into the same trap, comparing ourselves with ourselves and think we're doing okay. It's not our responsibility to compare our church with other churches, but to stay true to God's call upon us as a church to build a Bible-believing, disciple-making and soul-winning church. As we move into the future, I had, trust me, I have prayed, I have fasted, I have sought the Lord to try and get a picture of what the future looks like. And the more and more I do that, the more and more I get the Lord saying, forget that, be reminded of who you are. Be reminded of what I've called you to. And you know what? I think tonight I want to have a look at three things we are and will always be. And I do believe it applies to every passionate follower of Christ in the room. Are there any passionate followers of Christ in the room? Like, you know, we, we have today, you know, I just like the fact that today a geek is cool, don't you? You know, once upon a time, geeks that sat behind computers weren't cool. But how many people know today that being a geek is cool? It's so cool that today you can even be a coffee geek and it's cool. You, you can be a geek in any, like you just, that's your one thing and you just go to that and it's cool. Well, I think today with that thought in mind, there are some things that we need to know that we are and let's get geeky about them if I can say it that way. Let's get sold out on them. There, there, are there any passionate followers of Christ here today? Can I encourage you to keep passionate? Can I encourage you to keep the fire burning? Because you know what? There are so many people today that want to put your fire out and why would you let that happen? If you can get passionate about coffee, which I encourage, good coffee, if you can get passionate about food, if you can get passionate about fitness, if you can get passionate about business, why on earth would we not get passionate about following Christ and, and not, not be ashamed about it? Let the fire burn. And if you need to, put some petrol on the fire, flip, put anything on the fire that'll make it erupt and keep on burning because more than ever before, there are things around about us that want to put the fire out. But here's three things as we move into the future that we are and we will always be if we stay true to the heavenly vision put upon our life. Are you ready? Number one, this is not deep. <laughs> I don't do deep well. Uh, we are ambassadors of Christ. Every one of us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16. So then from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearance. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, but no longer do we see him with the limited human insight. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. 
And God has made all things new and reconciled us to Himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the Anointed One that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. And He has entrusted us to this ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the Anointed One who carry the message of Christ to the world. Can I say it this way? You are an ambassador of the Anointed One and you have been called to carry the message of the Gospel to the world. Each and every one of us. I don't know what the future is going to look like, but I know there's not going to be this great gap between the clergy and the congregation concerning the Gospel. I don't know what the future looks like, but I do know this, God is going to cause us to be more together in what we're doing than we are apart. I don't know what the future looks like, but I know going to work and working on a job means that I'm carrying the message of the Gospel to my workmates, that I am an ambassador. And that when I walk into that space, while I might want to slap that person up the side of their head because of some dumb thing they've done in the workplace, I'm simply not going to do it because I am an ambassador of Christ. I know none of you would ever have thoughts like that. But every now and then, when I come in here to the office on... No, just joking, just joking. Absolute joke. As though God, listen to this last part of it, as though God was tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. Do you know that God wants to tenderly plead with others through your, like God wants to use your lips. I'm thinking about changing my gym. Now don't judge me right now. I know you won't judge me because you're a Christian, right? Uh, but, but, I, I go to the gym to get alone, to get space. And uh, now I always go with my wife and that's okay of late. It's all right, we're good on this. We've discussed this, it's good. Uh, but of late, God has opened this door of relationship in the gym. People that don't know Christ. And we find ourselves praying with people in the gym. And I find myself, I've done my workout. And when you've done your workout, I quickly move from done my workout to hungry to hangry. <laughs> and I just want to get out and go home and eat because that's what you do. And now I turn behind and my gym buddy is ministering <laughs> to potential follow of Christ and I'm like oh it's so hard to get a bad attitude right now <laughs> but here's the deal I know it doesn't just happen to me I want to sharpen your memory get your conscience more sensitive to the fact that there are times and moments of inconvenience that you haven't even allowed yourself to have but as we move into the future, God is going to pull you up and say, no, hey, slow down. Don't be so rash. You're an ambassador of Christ. I don't know what the future looks like, but I do know this. We are and will always be 
ambassadors of Christ. I want you to consider, would you pray? Would you pray earnestly and say, God, use me to reconcile people to Jesus in this year ahead. Use me at work. Use me amongst my friends, family. Goodness gracious me, Lord, even at the gym. Use me to be an ambassador, to reach others for you. I do believe that we have been called as those across the congregation to reconcile men to Christ. It's not just my responsibility because I stand behind a pulpit. It's not just my responsibility because I jump on a plane and minister somewhere over there or drive in a car and preach up there. It's each and every one of us. Who is that one? You know what? I think we've got to constantly be asking ourselves this question. God, where do you want me to leave the 99 to go after the one? Where do you want me to leave the comfort of my church family, my church relationships to go after the one? We are and we will always be, number one, ambassadors of Christ. Number two, we are and we will always be partners with each other in the ministry. Romans 12 and verse 3, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your own importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as a standard of measurement. And then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And it is so. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the others. I think like never before, the revelation that comes from these portions of Scripture that shows that we are vitally joined together, that we need each other. In Hebrews 3 and verse 1, So dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. I just love how Scripture clearly says, you know what, Claude, it doesn't matter how good you think you can do it on your own. You're simply not going to be able to do it without Jess or without Anthony. Even without Andrea, you're going to need each other. And we all have this unique function, this unique role to play. We are partners together, whether you like it or not. But you know what? When you can accept it and celebrate it, it just seems like all of the life of God flows through you. I know that I come into church often and go, oh my goodness, where would we be without so-and-so? Where would we be without that? All of us together have a unique role to play. We're not just ambassadors for Christ. We're also partners in the work of the ministry. Just a, Can I just take out the last part of the filter? Because when you speak, you often speak through a filter of whatever. I 
I've been talking with some of my key relationships and just about around this whole idea of how church has changed over the years. Like years ago, this thought crept into uh, people's minds that oh, I'll volunteer and I'll do that, but I won't do that because they get paid to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Could you just do that again for me? Oh, they get paid to do that. Yeah, and that, that was a few years ago, you know, that, that people would just start to get that kind of mentality. But you know what? I would say if I was honest with where I see things at today, and I'm not saying maybe in this church, I'm sure it's there in, in places, but there's also almost a mentality now with the way that Western churches shifted that, well, pretty much everything is up to the staff to do. I, um, I'm a pastor, newsflash, uh, and I often get pastor's messages in my inbox on Messenger. Someone sending me a message on how I could do church better. Or someone sending me a message on how they think the angle of church should be better. And I'm so gracious nowadays. Gosh, they should have been around with me 10 years ago. But I just don't go there now but here's my thought I responded to one recently and just said you know what I agree brother in most cases but really we are living in precarious times and let's be honest there's more consumers in the church than there are contributors let's be honest you know if you're going to get involved in a local church and get your hands dirty and get your knees down in the dirt then you're going to have to love people and stick it out and not just stay where it's convenient and i said you know what brother i i just don't think you can build the kingdom of god i just believe what the bible says it's already been built i'm not here to build the kingdom i can extend it but i can't build it I said, I'm here to build the church, warts and all. You're ticked off with the church? Yeah, maybe I am too in some ways, but guess what? It's my church. More than that, it's Jesus' church. And because I'm a seeker of the kingdom, I'm just going to do what he said to do and help him build his church. I said, I'm a partner in the ministry with my brothers and sisters. We are ambassadors of Christ. We are partners in the ministry. And finally, we are stewards of what God has given us. It's taken me a long time to come to the realisation that actually I own nothing. Even if it's got my name on it, it seems I don't own it as you look at what God says about your life. Has anyone else come to that realisation? Like, I am an owner of nothing, a manager of everything. That made some of you so happy. Ah, we are stewards of what He's given us. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. Look at Apollos and me as mere servants of Christ who have been put in charge of explaining God's mysteries. Now, a person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. As for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or by any human authority. I don't even trust my own judgment on this. I love Paul's. Could you, he said, I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. I kind of know what he, think, he thinks right there. My conscience is clear 
but that doesn't prove I'm right. It is the Lord himself who examined me and decide. I just know that God has given us the ability to respond to the grace that he's placed upon our lives in a way that says, hey God, I'm a steward. How would you like me to use this resource of time, this resource of ability, this resource of a finance? As we move into the future, we are ambassadors of Christ. We are partners in the ministry. I was so blessed tonight to meet someone who's just been coming along for a few weeks and enjoying a meal and just, hey, I'd love to volunteer and give a couple of hours of my time. I said, wow, that'd be amazing. She said, yeah, I'd even just scrub the tiles. I went, wow, you shouldn't say that too loudly because someone around here will get you scrubbing tiles. But I was blessed just here a few weeks. I said, I'd love to do that. And then, then to find out, she said, you know what? I just want to give back. What I've already received. And I thought, I actually made the statement. I thought, oh my goodness, how incredible would this world be if every one of us had that kind of approach that said, you know what, I just want to give back for what I've already received. And when I think about what I've received from Christ, the sacrifice and the things that you go through, they mean nothing in terms of what God has already done for us. Coming into land. I do believe like the parable of the talents that Jesus spoke about, that we've all been given a measure of grace and it shows up in five, three or one. Five talents, three talents or one talent. I happen to be one of those guys that only ever received one talent. I meet some people and it's like from day one, they got five talents. And I'm like, not fair. But the beautiful thing about that is if you're a one talent person like me, If you just take that talent and sow it, you know what Jesus said will happen? If you invest that, it'll come back as two. Then you take those two talents and you sow it again and invest it. It's it's been a long process for me. But I finally think I might've worked myself up to three, maybe even four talents. But I started off as a one talent guy. And as ambassadors of Christ, as those called as partners in the ministry, when you get the revelation that you are a steward, it doesn't matter whether you started with one talent, like Nat and I. Or you got two talents, like Chris. Dang well, he showed up with five talents, like Andrea. There we go. I know where she got a five talent from, but she was giving me hints from the front row. <laughs> the beautiful thing is, if you'll be a good steward of it, God will multiply it. And I would say to you that I actually came tonight with a message that was really about asking you to pray about three things. Would you, would you honestly, over this next month ahead, pray about the fact that God has called you as an ambassador? And as an ambassador, that means wherever you go, you are carrying the message of Christ. And it's just not wise to be like one of those foreign films where there's something being said here, something different showing up on the screen below. Your message is great, but your actions don't line up. Would you pray about God using you in this year ahead to reach someone with the message of the gospel? 
Would you pray about where God would want you to partner in the ministry and serve and help carry the weight of the ministry into the future? I've gone back to old time thinking. I just see the local church as the work of God. This is God's work. And we have the great privilege of being involved in it. And then finally, as a steward, I'm saying to God, where do you want me to put your resources of time, of money, of gifting? Probably the most important question I'm asking, where do you want me to hold my resource back so I can put it where it really matters? Could I encourage you over this month ahead to pray in that way? Because I believe God is going to do some pretty incredible things in the days ahead. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.